0: Assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh And welcome to the Airwaves well, so of the Voice of the Cape If you just tuned in on 91.3 FM stereo in this caravan on a Wednesday evening My name is Muhammad and I'll be in your company for the next uh, couple of hours, inshallah, as we bring you the show This evening we have a very special uh, segment Uh, We're going to be looking at uh, the Muslim Judicial Council And uh, we'll be having members in studio chatting about The processes they are currently going through Uh, We've heard about uh, the uh, president of the MJC Whose term has come to an end And uh, obviously um, we'll be chatting a little bit about that Inshallah But to first of all introduce my guests in studio this evening I have uh, joining me Mona Abdul Khalik Ibrahim Ali Who is the secretary of The Muslim Judicial Council. Uh, Also, I have uh, Sheikh Ishaq Talib, who is HOD for the Department of Conciliation, Mediation and Arbitration at the Muslim Judicial Council, as well as Administrator at the Al Quds Foundation. And then also Haji Kamal Karim, Administrator at the Muslim Judicial Council for the past 14 years and Secretary of the Senior Council or Imara. And uh, they're joining us this evening to. Take us through this very interesting discussion. First of all, gentlemen, assalamu alaikum and welcome to VSC.
1: Well,
0: of course, I've said a lot of things uh, uh, in my introduction, but first of all, if I
2: can uh, turn to Mona Abdul Khalik Ali. Uh, firstly, Mona, why are we here uh, this evening? Assalamu alaikum once again to the listeners of Radio Voice of Cape. Uh, we would like to extend our gratitude first and foremost uh, for the opportunity and for our listeners to tune in and to be able to listen to the presentation here this evening. As we all know that the Muslim Judicial Council is an institution and organization that has uh, reached deep into our hearts and into our homes and uh, there are many great interest that uh, the community has in the Muslim Judicial Council. And so whilst people have uh, noted the fact that uh, the President of the Muslim Judicial Council, Mounan San Hendrik's uh, uh, presidential position, is uh, coming to a closure, uh, it is important for us, as the Muslim Judicial Council leadership, to put these particular matters in perspective and to give our community an understanding of the processes, the policies of the Muslim Judicial Council, and more so about the constitution of uh, the Muslim Judicial Council. For our community to understand that the Muslim Judicial Council is governed by a constitution, it is governed by policies, and it is driven by these particular um, Constitution and, and, and by the policy uh, Policies of the Muslim Judicial Council and, and therefore uh, Specifically In this particular period and time uh, That we find ourselves in In the build up To the AGM of the Muslim Judicial Council which is scheduled For the 23rd of April Insha'Allah um, It is uh, important for us to speak To the community and for the community to have A understanding of From the leadership of the Muslim Judicial Council.
0: Now, obviously, in mentioning that uh, the term of the President, Mona Hassan Hendricks, will be coming to an end, um, we have to speak about the succession policy, uh, as Mona has alluded to, that that this is governed by a democratic process, there are policies that are in place to ensure certain things happen in a particular manner. So, can I uh, turn my attention to to Sheikh Ishaq, inshallah, informing us a little bit more about the succession policy at the Muslim Judicial Council? Jazakumullah Khairan,
3: Brother Fasih, for the opportunity. Um, the question that, that you're posing is a very important one, and it actually uh, forms the, the basis for uh, uh, where we are at right now uh, as the Muslim Judicial Council. I want to say also, in all fairness and honesty, uh, that this particular process uh, is one uh, that has been coming on for a while in terms of uh, of its crystallization. Um Malana Hassan, truthfully, uh, as the president of the MDC, uh, even prior to that, when he was the first deputy president of MDC, when Sherif Ibrahim Gabriel's was the president, then already this particular process uh, started, but it was given much uh, more meaning and with more meat to the bone in the current presidency of of Malana Hassan. Uh, it, it, it's important for us to 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 acknowledge. That Moran Hassan Hendricks, as as a leader, as the president of the MGC, enjoys the respect of all of his colleagues in all of the structures in the MGC. In that uh, we perceive him to be a visionary leader, uh, and part of that particular vision is where he always tells us, and my colleagues can can bear me out and concur with me. He always used to tell us that the MGC does not have a leader it has leaders and it is always in the in the business of creating new and fresh dynamic leadership all of the time so if we talk about for example the succession policy all of these deliberations um, over many many hours these deliberations and finally culminated in a particular policy document that speaks to the detail of 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 this particular uh, succession how it happens um why it should happen what is the intention behind it uh, who is eligible uh, for 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 uh, the riase uh, as we call it or the leadership or the presidency etc cetera, etc cetera. so the, uh, so at the heart of this particular policy it is to ensure that new and fresh and dynamic leadership emerges all of the time
0: inshallah so. inshallah that of course uh, the voice of sheikh ishaq uh, talib uh now she also looking at uh, um, We've we've spoken broadly about um the uh, need for this policy and that it gained momentum under the leadership of mona um, xan Hendricks. now talking about that a little bit more in terms of mona's involvement with the policy uh, with the succession policy um what was it uh about his tenure that kind of just gave momentum and pushed this process forward what, what, what was his vision in terms of this well
3: in, in terms in terms of this particular vision it is as i have alluded to a bit earlier in that uh, he acknowledges that uh, the, the taqat or the abilities and the quwat the strengths uh, as well as the skill sets of his, his, his contemporaries serving on exco in the general magistrate, the general council the senior council etc and he was always of the opinion uh, that uh, as i've been given an opportunity truthfully if if we trace this thing right back then truthfully this Imam abu khalik and buta kamal who serve uh, for much longer etena uh, in the different structures of the MGC, it actually truthfully started in the time of the late giant of an alim and scholar uh, in the form of uh, Sheikh Nazim uh, Muhammad, as we would say, Sheikh Nazim Muhammad, uh, rahmatullah alayhi, when he uh, brought through the ranks uh, people like Sheikh Ibrahim Gabriels, like Sheikh Shahid Esau, like Moulin Ehsan Hendricks, like Sheikh Ahmed Sadiq, like Sheikh Ehsan Talib, like Moulin Abu Khaliq Ali and, and, and others. So it started there. So this is basically and truthfully part of that vision of uh, of our senior uh, members mashallah in 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 the council some of them have passed on may allah ta'ala have mercy on 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 their souls Amen. and others are still with us so it's part of that vision uh, that they that they espoused at that particular time and it uh, over over these years it's just been crystallized more and more and more each year so uh, it is uh, in recognition of of the abilities and uh, as we know uh, the, the cycle of life is such I look at uh, my 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 uh, my my father here, Buddha Kamal, uh, in the organization. Our father in the organization, uh, and his experience at Citra. We we are groomed for the times for our times. He's, he said, for example, I I am very senior in age now. It's time for me to uh, uh, to retire right now, uh, so that uh, you know we we get the opportunity for new fresh leadership to come through. I recall, for example, uh, one particular conference that I was privy uh, to and uh, privileged to attend with Maulana Ihsan on the Palestinian uh, in the Palestinian arena. Where one of the young Arab brothers, who is very well respected, uh, basically throughout the structures, uh, in different uh, uh, organizations that work for Palestine, for example, so I recall his words at the time at that particular conference that happened in Sudan. Uh, coincidentally, where when he was given an opportunity to speak, he said uh, to to the seniors in the different organizations, he says, "I want to speak to you as a as a as a younger person or as a youngster." I want to speak to you and I want to ask you and, and, and tell you that uh, we don't want you people to completely disappear. We don't want that. We, we value your presence, we value your input, your experience and so on. But what we are requesting is that you make a little bit of a space for us as well to come through the ranks and for us to show also what we can bring to the table. So Alhamdulillah in the industry, at least uh, there's no need for us to, to request that. It is part of the program of continuous grooming of leadership for the MJC and by extension for the Muslim community and if you want to extend it further uh, leadership for the Ummah inshallah ta'ala, that happens hopefully in a very visionary and dynamic kind of way inshallah ta'ala.
0: It's interesting that we say that because in creating leaders within the MJC ultimately as we speak about it filters down to the community and the community benefits from that kind of leadership at which we need so uh, desperately today in our society with the challenges faced by uh, our our community as a whole Uh, we are speaking to senior members of the executive with members of the executive at the muslim judicial council i have in studio with me maula abdul khalik ali i have uh, sheikh ishaq talib as well as haji kamal karim uh, joining me in studio we're going to take a break when we come back we'll continue stay tuned on 91.3 fm Assalamu warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to Caravania on The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM very special edition of the show uh, we are speaking to some uh, executive members of the Muslim Digital Council and this evening the issue on the table is of course the succession policy of the MJC um, we know that uh, the uh, president of the MJC Imran San Hendricks uh, has obviously, his term has come to an end and we're speaking about the process of electing a new leadership uh, in the position and what that entails and what it means for the Muslim community as a whole. I have in studio with me Maulana Abdul Khalik Ali uh, who is the Secretary of the Muslim Judicial Council. I have Sheikh Ishaq Talib with me who is the HLD of the Department of Conciliation, Mediation and Arbitration uh, as well as Administrator at the Al-Quds Foundation and then also I have Haji Kamal Karim, Administrator at the Muslim Judicial Council for the past 14 years and Secretary of the Senior Council or Imara and also all members here present are uh, members of the executive of the Muslim Judicial Council. Now, obviously, uh, another point is when we look, talk about the policies and processes governing the Muslim Judicial Council, we cannot do that without looking at the constitution, which is the framework on, upon which these policies are based. And the constitution plays a huge role, obviously, in uh, how things are conducted at the MJC. So, Haji Kamal if i can point this question yeah. uh, in this yeah. direction um if we look at the constitution when was it drawn up uh, and what 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 are what are some of the basic tenets of this document and how it governs the muslim judicial council
1: yeah uh, shukran assalamu alaikum once again uh, let me start by saying a constitution is a basic set of rules and guidelines for any organization uh, not excluding the muslim judicial council of course And as I've said uh, to some of my colleagues internally, a constitution cannot be too rigid for obvious reasons, neither can it be too flexible. We don't really want to go into that, but that is important. It's important for people to realize that over the last many years, the, the Muslim Judicial Council was established on the 10th of February, 1945, in the St. George's Cathedral Hall in Cape Town, of all places. At the time, there were about uh, almost 70 olama imams living in that particular area and 67 out of about 69 were part of the original establishment but without harping on the past and that particular period of time in history so over the years the constitution of the muslim judicial council keeping in mind what i just said about flexibility and rigidity has undergone certain changes over a period of time like any other organization. And and it's important for people to realize that uh, 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 the administration in the MGC is vested in three main organs, an executive council, a general assembly, and an imara, a senior council. And the duties and functions of each of these organs, central organs, are properly stipulated in there. Now our President Mulenek San Hendricks, when he became the, the president after about uh, seven years as deputy in two thousand and six, he said, I would like the Muslim Judicial Council to be constitutionally and policy driven. Policies are extensions of what your basic set of rules in the constitution indicates. And already at that time he foresaw that certain changes ought to be made to that constitution. And one of it was that he did not want to go back to the same process where you put up your hand and you nominate somebody in a leadership position, but that careful thought be given to such key positions. And even then the idea was mooted that we should think in terms of, of setting up an electoral committee of some sort or nomination process, which is what we're talking about. And that is the origin of the succession policy, where it comes from. And that succession policy at the time, and Sheikh Ishaq mentioned that, when Sheikh Ibrahim Gabriels was then the former president and Molestan became the president, we adopted that policy. But we looked at it again in 2011 at the next election AGM. Please keep in mind that the Muslim Judicial Council has an election every year in April, as it should, constitutionally, At at, at AGMs, I mean, without fail. But an election AGM comes every five years, and the Constitution is clear. I just want to quote that. Uh, Clause 4.2, an election AGM will be held every five years in the month of April under the chairmanship of the president or his deputy where the election election of executive council members as stipulated in Clause 323, above shall take place.
0: So, in saying this, we are we are saying that it's not just the uh, leadership in terms of the president's decided, no. but the the council as a whole at the top structure.
1: If I could answer you directly on that, at the present moment, the exe- executive council consists of eighteen members. All of those, five are elected in the key positions: president, first deputy, second deputy, treasurer, and uh, secretary general. Five others are elected also at that AGM. Five others are co-opted by the executive, and all HODs, their terms of office, also come to an end. Their heads of departments, their term of office ends after five years, which is also happening in April 2016. So we are in that process. And Moliné San, with his vision, has has actually uh, been responsible for that particular document known as the accession policy, which now, in the last few months, has been adopted by the executive, by the Imara, and by the General Assembly, the the Majlis.
0: May I ask then that at the very top uh, end of the spectrum when we're talking about the presidency, how, for how many years um, may the president hold office, if I'm talking about how many times may he be re-elected? He, he, he serves a term
1: of five years then he may be re-elected for five years. The constitution is clear. He can only serve a maximum of two terms, and then he has to depart. Two consecutive, but two consecutive terms. But we can make use of his services in and his expertise in other fields. In particular, Mullah San is very well known for his uh, extramural activities, nationally and internationally, particularly with regard to the Palestinian issues, as Sheikh Ishaqan can give you more specific details on that, because he's administrator in that section. So that that is it, and and there's no way that the constitution will be amended for any person at this moment in time. Uh,
3: uh, brother, uh, if I can just, uh, brother Haseeh if I can maybe just add a little bit more uh, for for the sake of clarity, while uh, while reminded us that it's uh, uh, two consecutive terms, that any president, the maximum that he can serve is two consecutive terms. So after 10 years, he needs to give way for some fresh uh, leadership to come through. Uh, but having having said that, it, uh, it's also imperative uh, for, for uh, all of us and the listeners to understand that uh, even though we give a bit of, uh, of scope uh, to the incoming president uh, in that he can you know come with his charisma and his style of presidency and so on we make allowance for that but there are broad visions for example that we that we that we have stipulated uh, uh, that we are moving towards so it doesn't now matter who's going to come in in terms of precedent. there is a broad vision that we continue to uh, to work towards and and craft out however also constitutionally what 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 is allowed is that if a new president is elected for, for, for a term of, of, of five years, immediately thereafter, uh, what, 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 what could happen is that uh, that same uh, ca- person who served as the president before could technically be uh, re-elected for, for another term.
0: Okay, so it has to be two successive uh, terms in order for that person not to qualify once again for the presidency.
3: For a third um, third consecutive term, yes. Okay.
1: Perhaps you could get Moulin Abdelkhali to comment on
2: the yeah. criteria for those people. You yeah, know, uh, I, I, you see, now this is an important point for us to make. You know, with this current halal-related issue, the MDC, halal trust and jakeem issue, people then latched on to say at this particular junction, Molinai Hassan is now stepping out from the his uh, presidential position. It is not so. In fact, when Morana Hassan took up the second term of office, he immediately instructed our administration to say that this is my final term of office. And since two years Morana and Mohe has been speaking about rounding off the offices to make sure that when his term of office comes to a closure, the work and the vision that he has set himself and for the current administration would have been achieved and accomplished. And so this is an important clarity and an understanding for our community. The Muslim Judicial Council is truly constitutionally driven. We have, alhamdulillah, as a leadership, discipline ourselves to provide not only for the institution, the Muslim Judicial Council. But because the Muslim Judicial Council deal with other institutions, with Masajid, with other constitutions, it is important for us to have provided the necessary guidance and to be able to be disciplined to our own constitution. And so therefore, Alhamdulillah, in light of how Kamal Karim, Ajay Kamal Karim is expounded on this particular point and Sheikh Ishaq, the consecutive two terms of office is been brought to a termination and that particular date has long already been set on the 23rd of April insha'Allah.
0: So basically what we are saying is that Monek San Hendrix is not stepping down from office but rather that his term has ended following the democratic process and thereby it means that the new prison is now being sought amongst these structures, in a sense. Um, We're just gonna go for a bit of a break, and when we come back, we'll continue this topic. Very, very interesting to have an inside view of the MJC's inner workings and uh, the democratic processes that govern uh, how the uh, organization is run. But we'll be back after this, stay tuned. to wa wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Caravan here on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo and a very special edition as we're looking, getting a, a, a look into the inner workings of the Muslim Judicial Council, democratic processes that govern it, and the structures which exist within this organization. Now, before the break, we were speaking about my next son Hendrix, and uh, a point that was raised was that. Uh, there is a perception that Mona is stepping down from the MJC however that point was brought into perspective by uh, uh, Mona Abdelkhalik Ali who is a guest in studio this evening uh, who has mentioned that it's not that Mona has stepped down but rather that his term of office democratically has come to an end so there is new leadership being sought from within the structures uh, but now obviously uh, when we look at the nomination process I want to ask this question to my guest uh, across from me Haji Kamal Karim and this is, obviously, Mola has now stood for two terms, so he's disqualified uh, in terms of standing for a third term. But focusing on the first term of office and then the second uh, the second term, did Mola nominate himself or did the council as a whole or the senior council of the MJC uh, put forth his nomination uh, for a second term?
1: Yeah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi once again. Let me start by saying that the administration of the Muslim Judicial Council is in good hands, right? And I can vouch for that personally and collectively, we as an executive council can do that. Let me also point out that the constitution is clear about the membership of the Muslim Judicial Council, which says that this membership is is open to us and then it defines what is an alim. Then it goes on to say it's open to imMA, and then it defines what is an imam. And then it says it's open to associate members, and there are very few associate members. So they meet on a regular basis constitutionally at a certain level, and the reports have to come from the executive council and the departments to that forum. So, when they met again in 2011, it went back there, and Molina Ihsan was quite frank about it, I, When he was elected, he was elected democratically, as we say. Now, now you and I know, we all know, sitting here, that there's been an ongoing debate between selection and election in various communities and forums for a long period of time. Some people have taken decisions as to how they would want to take such processes forward. We have stuck to it that we would take it to the General Assembly and ask the General Assembly, the General Majlis, to play its part, which is what happened, and Molina was okay with that. But Molana emphasized the fact of the grooming of new membership then already, because and and don't forget that the succession policy we referred to had specific clauses in there, which consisted of two parts: what will happen to the outgoing president, and what would be the criteria for a new person coming in to the presidency. And over the last few years, we have looked at that document very closely and reviewed it and revised it according to what we believe at the moment should be done. And then that is what we did. And we took that particular discussions and debates to various forums. It went to the IMARA. It went to the General Assembly. It came back to the Executive. And we made the necessary changes. There was a consultative process. And then we came to the idea of, 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 instead of by a show of hands, to take a specific process. And I'm going to ask one of my colleagues to come in here and mention what, and, and perhaps explain briefly, what is mentioned by an electoral committee or electoral college, as it became known in the inner the, in the, administration of the MJC. I
0: think uh, before uh, throwing that question out to, uh, to Mona uh, Ishaq, I want to ask then, um, how does the Electoral Committee operate in relation to the Imara or the Senior Council of the MJC?
3: Jazakum uh, khairan for, for that question again, Brother Faseeh. Um, I was hoping that Malabu Khalid would answer that, one, but no problem. Uh, in terms of the, uh, the Electoral College, um, how did we arrive at that particular point? Uh, we said that in, in terms, uh, and truthfully so, uh, in, in terms of, of, you know, when we speak about leadership of an organization, uh there, there there is uh the phenomena where you have people who are members but they the membership is quite dormant in that they are not very active in the organization in, into the day-to-day running of the organization and and even you know even the month-to-month running of the organization and we have uh, such members obviously truthfully uh at the mjc as well and then obviously we have members of the general majlis the general council the general membership of mjc who attend the monthly uh, meetings? Who are then informed by the exco and so on, as to and they are reported uh, to in terms of what that uh, exco and and the whole team at the MGC administratively have done for that particular for that particular month. So so uh, at times there would be a phenomenon where people would, for example, nominate somebody who does not understand it. I'm not saying the person is not qualified. Uh, the person is an alim, The person is qualified, but the person does not understand really the inner workings of, of the of the MJC, the details uh, of whatever it is that we that we are busy with within the MJC. So to to kind of prevent the situation where we would nominate somebody, uh, if I wasn't active maybe in the MGC for two years, how does it make sense for? For you, for example, if you were to be a member, Brother Fasihah of MDC, how does it make sense for you to nominate me, for example, uh, for the presidency, uh, for president or first deputy or second deputy or secretary general or treasurer or whatever it is, if I have not been active in the organization, let's say for a year, two years or even longer? So uh, what we then did was uh, we deliberated around this and we said we needed to bring into, into those positions people who understand the organization, who understands the vision of the organization, who understands, uh, you know, uh, the expansion of, of the MGC, because truthfully, again, we did expand as an organization. There there are different departments now that, that, that uh, w- were established under uh, this, uh, you know, presidency and, and, and executive and so on that wasn't there before. So it's how, how are we going to ensure that the people who are nominated or finally then elected, that there will be people who understand uh, this vision of the embassy and will be able to to drive that particular process. It was with all of those in mind then that we uh, uh, embarked on uh, putting together and professionalizing things more, even the electoral process that we came up with the concept and the concept document was was was, was drafted and it was redrafted for a, uh, for a second time and redrafted for a third time uh, if not a fourth time Haji Kamal, uh, It was redrafted and Alhamdulillah, Haji Kamal was tasked with the responsibility as being the administrator to actually do those draft uh, documents that were then adopted by the General Majlis. And the Kamal can supply us with a date where the General Majlis then adopted that particular document also as a a policy, an electoral uh, policy. That speaks to all of all of the detail. Time, unfortunately, does not allow us to go into all of that detail uh, right now. But that particular electoral college uh, or, or committee and the whole concept was then uh, basically born uh, on, on the desks of, of the, the Exco and the presidency. Mm. So uh, who are the people, for example, uh, possible candidates then that should serve on this electoral college? It would be people who would be... Un, uh, un- un- unbiased with no uh, vested personal interest in that they were not running for office. So the people currently uh, that are serving on the Electoral College are, are members of the MJC, ulama and so on but that have no interest to serve in any of the senior stra- uh, positions or portfolios within, within the MJC. So for example, Mullah Ihsan is, is on there because he's outgoing and he can't stand for a, for a third term. So he's out as a candidate, and and uh, uh, then there's for example a person like Sheikh Shahid, Iso, he's also uh, out. Sheikh Fadil, uh, Sheikh Fadil, Latif, also, also serving on there. Sheikh Yusri, Doctor Yusri Tofi, actually also serving because he also doesn't have uh, a personal vested interest. So it's it's and. Uh, so it's people basically that uh, will, will ensure that the process, uh, number one, they understand the electoral processes. They, they, they are kind of unbiased in, in that they don't really have a say as to how things run, but rather they ensure that the document the policy document around elections and electoral process, that that document is enacted to the
0: letter. Uh, To put it in in, in plain terms then, they're kind of the IEC of the MJC. Exactly,
1: exactly (laughs) that. Can, Can I just make a comment before Mullah Bukhari comes in here? It's important to remember that at the AGM in 2011, one of the resolutions that was taken at the end of the AGM was in fact that we should explore the possibility of setting up an electoral committee and that resolution the executive had to work on that so it had a period of time in which to do that but just one comment on the on the uh, you see so we we had a document that came forward from there that was compiled where, where sheikh has spoken about the status of the electoral committee the duties and functions and its composition now all of that is on paper all of that is recorded and has gone through the various processes of consultation, you know, the duties and functions. To the extent that one of the duties and functions was for the executive to work closely with them to stipulate clearly what would be the criteria for every single position other than including the president, for the president, first deputy, second deputy and other official positions. What are the criteria and the duties and responsibilities?
0: Okay, Molana. <laughs> well, obviously, um, in, in, in looking at uh, the process of elections now, um, I want to ask the question um, criteria for the presidency. Uh, is there a particular set criteria that is um, explored, uh, or rather, is looked at when uh, we are trying to determine uh, who will be filling this position? Um, is it thrown out to, to to in mass to to the to the uh, broader um, broader membership. membership of the of the MJC? Or is it refined? Is there a criteria governing who may occupy that seat?
2: brother exactly. <laughs> Fasih. I I think by now our listeners should have an understanding that the Muslim Judicial Council is governed by a constitution. It, uh, alhamdulillah, has structures in place. It follows uh, processes and procedures. And then equally, we try to discipline ourselves around that, which is in in the best interest of the organization that can obviously serve the broader community. So the point that you are raising now, there is criteria and those particular criterias are absolutely essential for any candidate who wishes to take up any of those particular positions keeping in mind the point that my colleague Sheikh Ishaq has raised. Now amongst those particular criteria is uh, in, as far as personal related matters there must be integrity. A person must have a good akhlaq and good character, he must be an exemplary personality. He would have uh, obviously been somebody uh, that the community can look up at because he is going to be taking up the leadership position, not only in terms of the president only, but for all the other elected positions, be it the president, first or second deputy president, the secretary general, the treasurer, as well as executive council members. It is important for us to note that these particular criteria must be met likewise in terms of uh, good health, there must be a good track record of organizational involvement and experience. A person must have leadership abilities as well as um, interpersonal skills where we communicate and interact with people. Much of our work within the Muslim Judicial Council deal with community. It relates to Individuals of the community, it relates to organizations, it relates to uh, institutions, and therefore the interpersonal skills and abilities, uh, it is absolutely important. And one of the important things, as Molina Hassan was referring to it the other day, a leader must be able to not only lead, but must be able to identify the ability of other leaders and to be surrounded by strong leadership and then to nurture those particular leadership uh, abilities. And so uh, equally as far as the ability of uh, speaking fluently the Arabic language, English, uh, as well as some of the other important languages that we should be able to have, it must be a qualified Alim. Now this is important for um, the positions that a person is going to be able to, to 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 have within the elected positions be it the president first second uh, as well as secretary general and the treasurer, they must be qualified Alim obviously with as far as uh, a person in the position of a treasurer, he should be able to have the understanding of uh finances and economics and be able to work through uh, the business plan and so forth. Computer literacy, it's uh, important. Uh, Amongst the final points that I just want to make is the loyalty to the organization. It is absolutely essential that the person must be able to have uh, the vision that the predecessors of the Muslim Judicial Council has determined for us. We in uh, the culmination in, in the words of Maulana Yassan when he speaks, or oh, Sheikh uh, nadim Muhammad Rahmatullahi would say, the Muslim Judicial Council is the culmination of the vision of Sheikh Yusuf Rahmatullahi, and we must be able to walk that particular vision. The vision of our pious predecessors.
0: That's the voice of uh, Mona Abdul Khalik Ali, who is the Secretary General of the Muslim Judicial Council. I also, I'm joined uh, by uh, Mona Ishaq Talib as well as uh, Haji Kamal Karim in studio, all members of the executive of the Muslim Judicial Council. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we continue. Uh, stay tuned on VSC 91.3 FM. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Welcome back to Caravan On The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM The uh, special program this evening As we get a uh, look into the in the workings of the Muslim Judicial Council we know that uh, there's been talk about uh, Mona San Hendricks uh, whose term has come to an end which means that the uh, executive uh, would have to change, uh, there's an AGM underway and uh, we are discussing that process this evening and I just want to hand back my guest Haji Kamal Karim uh, who is uh, administrator at the Muslim Judicial Council for the past 14 years as well as Secretary of the Senior Council or Imana, Um and ask the question. We've spoken about criteria before the break, uh, in terms of what the senior council would be looking at, what the electoral uh, committee would be looking at, in terms of electing a president to the position uh, within the JC structures. Just perhaps adding on to that, uh, some of the other points we mentioned a few of them, uh, in terms of being able to uh, communicate with with various interested parties allied to the MJC and also to have a broader understanding of, uh, of, of local issues, international issues perhaps pertaining or relating to the MJC. What are some of the other aspects, what are some of the other um, criteria that we can draw on uh, as an example for what we are looking for in a president of the Muslim Judicial Council?
1: Yeah, uh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi once again focused on some of these important criteria regarding uh, uh, the character, personality, and other such qualifications that are essential the qualifications of ulama, being an alim. And remember that the membership of the Muslim Judicial Council is the is the Beit al-Ulama, people who have studied in various parts of the Islamic world, in Egypt, in Saudi Arabia, and other other centers of learning, and also those who have studied in South Africa at the various Dal-Ulums and so on. But that's not all that the Muslim Judicial Council requires. It requires people with specific expertise and skills and knowledge take for example a secretary general, he ought to be literate in other words he must have literary skills whether writing or spoken, he must have Arabic at least and he must have a command of English, in fact one of our uh, senior members on the electoral committee felt that there should ma- we should make an effort for people to understand isiqaza uh, for example and other such things but speaking along the same thing a treasurer should be able to know about banking and auditing and SARS and Treasury and investment and shares and business arms, right, and monthly financial reports and other such things and correspondence. That is the point I'm making in addition to what Moulin Bukhalik is saying. A person who's the second deputy president whose portfolio is finance and planning, obviously he has to know finances just as well as the treasurer has to, has to know. And then we run an a, 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 a other institute of both primary and high schools where we're doing exceptionally well according to the standards of the Western Cape Education Department. Such a, 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 a second deputy must be taken must take charge of such educational institutions. So he's got to have some knowledge and understanding of these things. Take, for example, a president. We'll get to a discussion in a minute. He has a portfolio of international affairs that he's done and run successfully for a long period of time. But now that he's on his way out, we still need his expertise in that particular regard, and Sheikh Hassan can mention that. But the president should also have knowledge of each and every task and job that all the other people are doing. That is what I wanted to add on to 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 my colleague Mogulana Abdul Khalik Ali. With regard to the to the to the electoral committee, we had a specific document that that stated, you know, I mentioned this before, uh, with regard to their status, their composition. And uh, and and the fact that the constitution is silent on the election process in this particular regard, so it wasn't contrary to the constitution to establish such an electoral electoral council or committee, you know. So perhaps uh, uh, Sheikh Hassan and Malam Dukkhali could take it further further from there.
0: We've mentioned now some more of the criteria in, in selecting a, a president of the Muslim Judicial Council. Then also the question is... Let's say, for instance, not just the presidency. We know that with, at the AGM, a whole new top structure will be elected. Um, what happens during the course of that term, those for that five-year term, if someone does pass away? What is the process then of succession, or how does the succession policy then make allowance for such a for such a, a, a happening or occurrence?
2: Well, that is. Uh Alhamdulillah, during this particular period in time, Brother Fasih, you are sketching a scenario of what truly the Muslim Judicial Council had experienced. During our first term of office, uh, we had uh, one of our dedicated uh, colleagues, uh, Rahmatullah Shaykh Sheikh Muneeb Abrams, Uh, who was also the head of uh, the mediation and arbitration, the very portfolio that Sheikh Ishaq is holding now. And uh, uh, he passed on. That particular position had to be filled. Likewise, in 2012, uh, Sheikh Ahmed Sadiq, and may Allah preserve him, he moved to the halal department. And therefore, in that particular regard, it created the vacancy within the structure of the Muslim Judicial Council Executive. And therefore, in this particular regard, we followed the due process, the democratic process of um, elections taking place at the AGM. Sheikh Riyad Fattar was nominated and he was duly elected uh, at the Uh, AGM 2013, (laughs) he was elected then in that particular position. So, yes, uh, in this particular uh, uh, regard, uh, Brother Vasih the Muslim Judicial Council uh, followed due process. We make sure that we stick to the Constitution and uh, the consultation takes place. Now, early on, Buddha Kamal did make references to the General Council. The General Council plays a very pivotal role within the Muslim Judicial Council. So when the Muslim Judicial Council executive takes a certain decision, it's taken to the General Council for ratification and obviously it has the blessings of the General Council. The consultative process within the Muslim Judicial Council, that is all in place. And therefore, we would want to give the surety to the community that if ever there is a vacancy, then those particular vacancies are not Filled in any other way But through the processes Of the Muslim Israel Council
0: The voice of Mona Abdul Khaliq Ali And this is of course a caravan On the voice of the cape 91.3 FM stereo. Speaking about uh, the MJC this evening and looking at uh, The upcoming AGM Looking at the re-election of an entirely New uh, top structure inshallah uh, When we come back from this break uh, We will continue, stay tuned Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Caravan Righty on the Voice of the Cape at 91.3 FM Studio. We're still in the studio with uh, some of the executive members of the Muslim Judicial Council and we are discussing the MJC this evening. Taking an in-depth look at this organisation, uh, we know that there's an upcoming AGM. A new top structure will be elected, which includes the position of President of the Muslim Judicial Council. As we know, next Hassan Hendrik's term has come to an end, and with that, disqualifies him from continuing on is the president which means that a new president will be sought from amongst the crop of uh, of, of candidates or nominees within the uh, organization before the break we were speaking uh, to mona abdul khalik ali and we were talking about an issue uh, where we discussed the process of what happens between elections, when uh, we lose a person, someone passes away or becomes ill and cannot continue, what is the process then uh, in terms of the MJC and how we appoint people to those positions? And I just want to throw this question back out to uh, Sheikh Ishaq uh, Talib in terms of uh, just adding on to that. Uh,
3: shukran once again, uh, Brother Fasih. Uh, Yeah, So just to add on that and a more clarity, inshallah Ta'ala, uh, if we, for example, uh, look at... Uh, the appointment of uh Sheikh Riyad fatar uh, to the executive uh kabati uh, of the of the mjc this happened when uh, a person in uh, in the form of Sheikh uh, faik hamildin resigned from uh, from the mjc because he was going to pursue further studies uh, in malaysia uh, so he tabled his resignation and explained to us uh, why uh, he had uh, resigned and uh because I want to say here, uh, uh, I want to kill uh, two birds with one, with one stone, as it were. Uh, what had happened was that uh, the executive at the time uh, uh, looked at the contributions that General Majlis members made in the monthly General Majlis meetings you know in, in in the discussions and so on so sheikh riyad uh, fatar was was identified as somebody that had made good contributions uh, you know saying intellectual uh, capital if you can call it that uh, so he made good contributions and he was noticed for the contributions he made in the meetings and for that uh, reason uh, the exco members then uh, amongst each other had the deliberations and and Sheikh Riyadh Fatar's name came up as uh, somebody that they would want to, to 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 approach and then co-opt onto onto the uh, exco myself for example how did i land up on uh, on the executive committee of MJC? Uh, uh at the sad demise of brother Sadiq samoudin may allah taala have mercy on his soul when he passed on uh, sadly and and uh, and tragically, when he passed on, uh, his position on the on on the Exco had uh, to be filled as well. Uh, and deliberations were made around uh, around my name. And Alhamdulillah, through Allah Taala's grace and the good thoughts of of uh, my colleagues within the MJC, uh, I was asked to to serve on the Exco uh, as as well. We look, for example, at the, at the senior council. Uh, a lot of the uh, ulama, mashallah, are, are very senior in age now, and we make dua for their good health. But some of them, for example, did pass on uh, in, in these uh, uh, 10 years. They did pass on. So we also uh, recently... Uh, through Moran ahsan's motivation and the exco uh, we've motivated to uh, to the senior council to consider certain certain other individuals uh, senior ulama to serve uh, on on this on the senior council so i want to uh, reiterate and say that uh, this happens through again a consultative process and and a person's nomination to serve is 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 motivated so what we then do is continuously uh, we follow those particular democratic processes when we elect people, when others pass on.
0: Now, obviously, um, once again, if we look at the structures and um, I understand that the uh, leadership in terms of the uh, various departments the very decentralized So the president doesn't Directly deal With every single department Every single issue He has oversight But obviously This is from a point of view Of the, if the president For instance Is not available Or if the president Does step down We're in the process Of a transition The departments keep running And the vision of the MJC keeps moving forward So I want to talk about Those HODs And I want to uh, Pass this question over To um, uh, Haji uh, Kamal Karim Once again To just explain to us How, uh, how these departments Are laid that.
1: Uh
0: assalamu
1: alaikum once again. <clears throat> uh, 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 the Muslim Judicial Council provides essential services to the community. Those essential services are many and varied. And as such, it has to, we have to have people who are capable and competent of actually working in those particular departments. So there, once again, we have to look at the qualifications and experience of people. All ulama, working uh, you know in the in the muslim judicial council so the constitution is clear and says the following department shall be instituted primarily to facilitate the work of the mgc the parameters of which would be determined by the executive council but further than that it says that the executive council shall have the right to compile Terms of reference for the various departments of the MGC and/or ad hoc committees, as the need arises, in consultation with the heads of departments and Imara, and uh, uh, you know, and submit this to the a- AGM for approval and inclusion. Perhaps those terms of reference as extensions of the constitution itself. That is the real work that is happening on a day-to-day basis. So we have heads of departments. You take for example the social development department a very extensive some people call it the marriage counseling department but everybody knows now of our listeners know what happens in that particular department on a regular basis we have Sheikh fadili Mandin, very competent and capable he was preceded by mullah fatah who is now since the demise of maulana yusuf karan who was the head of who was rahmatullahi alayhi, the head of the fatwa committee the qadi the Qadi and the Mufti of the MGC. he has passed on. So what has happened now? We we, we, we nominated other people to take those positions. Sheikh Ishaq, as he's sitting here, he's also the administrator of the al Foundation. I work with on the Cemetery Management Committee as well. So there are other jobs and responsibilities that many of us who even serve on the executive have. And that is what I wanted to say. And there are specific rules and regulations and the
0: reports that they have to submit which is all in the constitution the voice of Haji Kamal Karim administrator of the Muslim Judicial Council uh, for the past 14 years as well as Secretary of the Senior Council of UIMADA I'm also joined by Mona Abdul-Khalik Ali uh, who is the Secretary of the Muslim Judicial Council and then Sheikh Ishaq Talib administrator at the al Qus Foundation as well as uh, HOD for the Department of Conciliation Mediation and Arbitration at the Muslim Judicial Council all present here, our members of the executive of the MJC. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll continue. Stay tuned on VSC 91.3 FM. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Welcome back to Caravan on yeah, the voice of the Cape Myself, Muhammad Fasih Pisan Standing in for what is official this evening And the topic on the table Is of course the Muslim Judicial Council And uh, we've been discussing broadly uh, The fact that the MJC is uh, once again undergoing a uh, process, a restructuring process due to the AGM, uh, which is upcoming. We know that Mona Ihsan Hendrix's term uh, as prison has come to an end. So in the next five years, we will be seeing a new leadership uh, on the seat, which means that there is an election on the on the horizon as well. So we've been discussing various issues related to that. We've been speaking about the various departments within the Muslim Judicial Council, how they function. Um, we spoke about the constitution of the Muslim Judicial Council as well, uh, as well as the um, succession policy. Very important uh, p- document that governs how the president and how the top structures are uh, replaced or how those positions are filled. So uh, now I want to I want to move away from the uh, technical side of the discussion and I want to focus in a zoom in on the current president, Monaxan Um Obviously at the time when Monaxan Hendrix took office back in 2006, at that time, we found that social media was starting to gain interest amongst uh, the global community and our community as a Muslim, as a Muslim community in Cape Town, also was affected by that um, we found that it was a time a very difficult time for Muslims as a, as a result of um, the extremist uh, um, entity globally um, there was also the issue of uh, groups like we know that most recently Isis that also has played a role in, in events globally, news events globally, but also uh, we've seen that effect here in South Africa in terms of how people need to understand and uh, re-educate themselves around um, the issue of, of not only extremism, but also how we as Muslims need to look at this. So San found himself slap bang in the, in, in, the, in the middle of all of this controversy uh, and all these new challenges. And one thing, when we talk about social media, we talk about online, being online, even the MJC in the past a while. Has uh, had to put themselves on the website in order for people to gain access to the services that the MJC provides, and also to get a better understanding of the organisation um, and access the MJC in a new way, other than just going up to the building and knocking on the door and saying, "I'd like to speak to son or any of the or of the representatives." So now son had a um, tough job, being someone who, in a sense, was a statesman dealing with the, the the dealing with the uh, international community engaging locally he had to give comment on political issues within the country outside of the country as well uh, he was a spokesperson for the Alkutz foundation as well um, and then also there were all these things happening within South Africa at the time First of all, what would uh, Sheikh Ishaq say was the one thing that stood out for Sheikh in terms of the leadership or the presidency at the time when Uman Monarch Sandik office that fundamentally changed? What was the one thing that really, uh, should I say, changed for the better in terms of moving from 2006 to where we are now in uh, 2016? Uh, how much time do you have brother um i don't think we have much time so if <laughs> if, if we could abbreviate it
3: <laughs> abbreviate inshallah inshallah ta'ala. um i i think if i should uh sum it up before i give a bit more uh, meat to the bone is uh i would sum it up in two words visionary leadership uh so we're talking about uh ihsan hendrix the person yes Right, and the is you why know, I said Ihsan Hendrix, uh, because we're, we're focusing on, on him as a person, and not all of the uh, the titles and the positions and so that uh, that he holds. What what, what makes him what makes him tick? Uh, alhamdulillah, I think all of us have uh, a lot of years of experience uh, knowing Malan uh, Ihsan uh, Hendrix as a person. Uh, myself uh, and Abu uh, Khalik, for example, uh, know him on a very personal level. Uh, but Kamal uh, would see dimensions of that as as well. But I think it's it. If we, we let's talk about that, uh, and I will say this in Africans uh, uh, the, the son of 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 Salih uh, Hendricks, uh, and and and, and uh, 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 a, a, a lot of molana's uh, formative uh, development happened in his interactions with his father. His father was an ardent reader. Uh, you know, he was a very wise person, um, widely read and so And he used to engage his children in those kinds of discussions. Uh, I'm going to fast track it a little bit, inshallah. What what then also happened was uh, molana Ahsan was, was uh, then sent to Darul Ulum Newcastle. Uh, because he always had this desire uh, to, to, to study uh, to study Islam. He already in his childhood made, for example, mock khutbas, for example, lectures. He already saw himself then as, as, as a leader wow. already for the Muslim community. And this is maybe, uh, for those people who know him well, will concur with what I say. Uh, but it's maybe something that the, the broader community doesn't really know. Uh, so he, he couldn't even, uh, he could barely wait to get out of school in order to, to further. His, he was only, you know, on primary school, he knew what he wanted to do was in high school he was it was it was there 100% he knew what he wanted to be in life so uh, so his father and his mother mashallah encouraged him uh, he went to Darul Uloom Castle, studied there for 3 years then uh, uh, as part of that visionary uh, leadership that his father uh, MashaAllah, and, and, and others, uh, those, Sheikh uh, Ramuddin and others who were his, you know, his mentors in Islamic knowledge and so on in Fusta, how, how they shaped his, his perceptions as well. He landed up, not only, sorry, landed up is the wrong word, the wrong terminology. He was actually uh, encouraged and inspired to go and study at the Visionary Institute, or seminary as we also call it in English, called Nadwatul Ulama in Lucknow in India. Uh, that was uh, led by the famous and giant of a, of a scholar uh, in the form of Shahab al-Hassan Ali uh, al taala, and Mawlana Ihsan uh, drank from those uh, fountains of wisdom and knowledge uh, uh, that, that, that you know subhanAllah the books up, up to today uh, I mean the Shahab al-Hassan Academy that was established and so on, was all extensions of that particular, that particular leadership Ihsan Hendricks the visionary leader Wallahi, I, 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 this is how I look at, uh, at this man. Truthfully, again, I'm saying truthfully a lot in the interview because we need to be truthful. Yes. Truthfully, he revolutionized the way we looked at things in the MJC. He took MJC with his team to the, uh, to, to the next level. Uh, and telling us that uh, it, the room for improvement is vast; that we need to be relevant uh, to the uh, to the times; uh, that we that we need to engage our community; that we need to be accessible. So, so yes, uh, uh, it's true that uh, during his tenure as president, a lot of challenges uh, came came along uh, the, uh, along the way uh, to him as a, as a as a person, to the MDC as an organization, to the Muslim community here in South Africa, as a Muslim community, or the Ummah of the uh, Global um, but he he's embraced with his team all of this And uh, always used to, you know, subhanAllah draw from our rich intellectual legacy all of these books and uh, these visionary scholars and so uh, and and we who engage in, the, in in discussions uh, also our our uh, 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 membership within the international Union of Muslim scholars interacting with with uh, some of the top scholars uh, in or uh, ulama in the world uh, today led by Sheikh Yusuf al-Qaradawi uh, for for example. Uh, uh, these issues were not absent and they remain to not be absent from the agenda of the International Union of Muslim Scholars. So a lot of much of what is being discussed on that particular level internationally also finds it, its way onto the agenda of the Exco of Muslim Judicial all Council the all the time Catholic. and then down to the down to the General Majlis where this is shared with his vision on broadening of vision is shared with the General Majlis where he is forever looking for, for not only understanding but also buy-in from the members of the Muslim Judicial Council as to how we uh, confront all of these challenges and how we navigate our way on this new uh, trajectory as I mentioned earlier on. Uh, of, of 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 challenges that we face as 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 an ummah.
0: Well, on that note, uh, we're going to go for a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue still speaking to some of the executive members of the Muslim Digital Council. We won't steer with us this evening. Stay tuned. Alaykum and just before we do uh, go, I just once again mentioning our guest in studio this evening was Mona Abdul Khaliq Ali. Mona Abdul Khalik Ibrahim Ali has mentioned to me about Haji Kamal Karim, Secretary of the Muslim Judicial Council. We had uh, Sheikh Ishaq Talib, uh, the HOD for the Department of Conciliation, Mediation, and Arbitration, as well as Administrator at the Al Quds Foundation. And then also Haji Kamal Karim, Administrator at the Muslim Judicial Council for the past 14 years and Secretary of the Senior Council or Imara. And uh, of course all members in studio Were of the executive At the Muslim Judicial Council uh, We're going to go for a break now When we come back We continue And this time around When we return We'll be bring you some um, requests and messages You can call us up 021-442-3530 You can SMS us 47913 All those messages For those loved ones of yours That you'd like to connect with This evening